spring training edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, and I'm joined from Goodyear, Arizona, by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Paul, uh, how are you enjoying the weather out there? I'm good, Joe. It's, it's a little chilly out here, man. They, uh, uh, yesterday was foggy. The, the, the day before it was raining, and uh, today the wind was blowing. The Indians have moved. Uh, you know, usually they're out in the field around 930 you know, Arizona time, but they moved it back now to, uh, you know, like 1030 just to, uh, it's been cold and the fields have been slippery and uh, they don't want anybody, any of their pitchers or catchers getting hurt, I guess, during uh, uh, PFPs. So, uh, you know, they, they moved it back. Hopefully, uh, you know, this, this, uh, the sun will come out here and the wind will dry, dry the fields out. Yeah, the, 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 uh, the wind is always a big factor out there in Arizona. Uh, just so people know, the PFPs are pitcher fielding practice, right? Uh, yes. They don't, to, yeah. they don't want to be slipping or catching a cleat in the mud, right? Right, right. Right. Okay, well, uh, so you've been out there since uh, Tuesday. You've had a chance to to see the pitchers and catchers work out. Uh, a few of the position players have trickled in. Uh, the report date, I believe, was, was today, uh, Saturday. Uh, the first full squad workout is Monday, and that's when when Terry Francona gives his big speech to the team and sort of sets the guidelines for the season, uh, just in these past few few days that the, towards the end of this week, uh, who have you seen who's really stood out uh, in terms of the pitchers or the the position players or the guys rehabbing who were there? Yeah, you know, uh, Joe, I think the guy that that kind of jumps out at me is, is Bradley Zimmer. Um, you know, he's really you know he's taking some good swings in the cage. Uh, you know, it's, it's early yet, but he's been out here, you know, since, since, sur- since he had the surgery on his shoulder, his right shoulder in July, last July, right after he recovered from surgery, he's been out here ever since, you know, he's gone home a few times for, for, vac- for the holidays and stuff, but he looks great. He says he's in a really a good spot. Uh, he, you know, he, he still doesn't know, uh, you know, he still doesn't know exactly you know, when he'll be cleared for full activity. And I would think, you know, there's still a chance he'd open on the DL, but he's closer. He's a lot closer than people, than, uh, you know, uh, I think people people thought. And, uh, you know, Francona said the other day, he's he's knocking it out of the park, mm-hmm. to, to quote Francona, during, you know, in his rehab and his and his work so far this spring. That's yeah. the guy that's, that's jumped out at me. And another guy is uh, uh, Yu Chang. You know the the guy, uh, you know the in, uh, minor league infielder who's in who's on a forty man. He's in his second big league camp. Uh, he had the great Arizona Fall League, and uh, you know he's been playing some third base. And with Francisco Lindor, you know hurt uh, with the with the calf muscle, he's going to get a look at a shortstop as well. And, and you mentioned Chang uh, Francona mentioned in his comments. Uh, that that he liked Chang's versatility. That, that he, we've seen him at third base working out. Uh, you, you know, he split time last year at, in Columbus with Eric Stamets uh, at shortstop. And you know, Francona said, "Oh, I'll bet you he could even play second base." Is is Chang a guy who could you know contend for that utility role along with somebody like Max Moroff? Yeah, I think he could. He probably you know, Joe. I think they they probably want him to play every day. You know, I don't know if they're they want a kid like that that you know can swing the bat like him sitting on the bench. Uh, but yeah, he I think at some point this season he could come up and help them. You know, he's got power. Uh, he hit I think he hit 15, 16 home runs at Columbus last year. 
his first year at AAA. The year, you know, the year before at at Double A, he hit like I think over 20. 20, 25 home runs. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's a guy to watch. You know, he's a big guy too. He's not. He's not a little skinny. Uh, uh, a little skinny utility guy. He's he's uh, he's got he's kind of put together. Yeah, he sort of breaks the mold of the uh, the 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 ideal in middle infield uh, sort of coming over from the the Asia Pacific area. You know, you don't imagine guys like that coming over and being big six two power hitting guys, uh, particularly if they're infielders. But that's that's Yu Chang, and uh, he made a real impression in the Arizona Fall League as well last year. Yeah, he, he he moved over from you know short to third. He played third base in the Arizona Fall League. I remember him last spring playing playing uh, third base for the tribe and out here and he struggled a little bit. You could tell the position was new to him. And, uh, I, but I think, you know, he played very well at third base in, in the AFL, you know, he made their all prospect team at the end of the year, made their all-star team. And, uh, you know, I think he's making some strides. So this is, this is a guy to watch. You know, I think he, he has a chance to help the Indians, if not this season, you know, pretty soon, right down to, you know, next year at least. Yeah, and as as Terry Francona mentioned uh, in in his comments the other day, he said, "Yeah, I think we got a pretty good third baseman over there as, as well." Yeah, right? if you you know you look ahead, and if Kipnis this is Kipnis's last year, you know Jose goes to second, and third base is open, and maybe Chang's a guy. Well, that's great. Uh, now you mentioned the injury to Francisco Lindor, uh, and boy, a, a, a lot of fans saw the uh, the comments from Terry Francona and and thought. Well, maybe there's hope. There's you know there's there's a lot of this and that, but uh, again, we're dealing with uh, a calf injury. We've seen this with Lonnie Chisenhall uh, the last couple of years. These things, the the minute you think you're 100, uh, percent you should probably wait another couple of weeks before going out there and trying to to go uh, you know you know full out. Um, what what have you seen or what have you heard uh, just being around Lindor uh, as he arrived in camp? Well, you know, every time I, I try to corner Lindor, he's he's dancing away to the trainer's room, you know. But he he's not hard to to locate, Joe. He's got you know electric blue hair, and he's not limping, you know. So I guess that that's a good sign that you know he's not he doesn't he's not his foot isn't in a walking boot. He's not on crutches, and I think uh, you know the Indians are optimistic that you know he might be back for uh, the season opener on March twenty eighth. I mean, there's a chance I think, but I think they're you know if if there's any question, they'll err on the side of caution as they usually do, and uh, he, you know he would either stay out here, or open the year on a DL. But he's he's closer than they think. I think that seven to nine weeks of him being on the shelf, you know that that he could beat that back if if uh, you know if everything goes according to plan and he doesn't have a setback. Now he's going to talk uh, to the media on Monday morning. So we'll have more on that, but uh, they've kind of been uh, protecting him, I guess, <laughs> from the media. And, you know, Frankie has never had a problem talking, so I, I don't know if that's hurting him more than it's hurting us. So, But uh, I think uh, we'll find out a little more then. But, you know, everything is optimistic right now with him. And, and Francona was asked about, you know, shuffling the lineup or, you know, moving Kipnis up or do, doing something to a – and obviously they haven't even had a workout yet, so this is – this is way ahead of, uh, of anything. But Brancona's reaction to that was, was kind of interesting to me. He said, you know, you don't want to have guys move around too much before uh, you get Lindor back and then have everything be all screwed up. He, he, he sounded like he pretty much wanted to keep things as is 
and just plug somebody new at the top of that lineup, uh, whether it be a, possibly like a, a, a Greg Allen or, you know, somebody else, instead of, you know, shifting the lineup around and then having them start the regular season with Kipnis back in the two hole or, or somewhere else. Uh, what, what was your take on Francona's reaction to the, the, the lineup question? Yeah, I knew when I asked him that, that was, that, that was the answer I was going to get. I've, I've heard him say that too many times this early in camp that he doesn't, he's, he hasn't even thought about it. But yeah, I think, you know, I think, you know, he can say all he wants, but if he's not thinking about it, there's 15 guys in the front office that are thinking about it, how they're, how they're going to set this thing up if, if Lindor isn't ready or, you know, they've got to play through uh, spring training games as well. You know, more than 30 spring training games. So, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, I, I think, yeah, like you said, uh, Joe, Greg Allen is a guy. You know, I think Kipnis is a guy. I think uh, Leonis Martin maybe would, could, could lead off. I think, I think we're going to get a look at a lot of guys, uh, you know, at, at, in that spot. And, you know, I, the reason I brought up Kipnis is, you know, Francona, you know, time and time again has, has liked him in the number two spot has said how much he likes him in the number two spot. Now, that's when Kipnis was going good. He, mm-hmm. you know, he struggled so much last year that they had to drop him in the order. But, uh, you know, I was thinking, you know, if they move, if they, you know, would, since they've lost so much from the middle of the lineup, you know, if they drop Lindor down, you know, to three or four or maybe, you know, into the four or fifth, fourth or fifth spot, you know, it would be nice to have an experienced guy at the top of the lineup like Kipnis. Yeah, I can't see them dropping Lindor any lower than third in the lineup if they do shift things down just because, you know, you want a guy in that top third of the batting order getting the most at-bats that yeah. he possibly That's can. That's a good point, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, you know, if, if you want to move Jose Ramirez down, that that that's cool, but – you know, it's got to be. It's got to bring something to the to the lineup if you're going to do that. Uh, if you're talking, you know, experience as a leadoff guy on the 40 man roster, the guys that have the most experience as a leadoff are Jason Kipnis and Jose, uh, uh, Carlos Santana. Carlos Santana spent yeah. two, the the better part of two seasons as a leadoff guy, and and he fits the profile. Uh, he's a high on base guy. He draws a lot of walks, and you, you know, you you. you you're not really going to lose anything if you if you put him up there, but again, you, you still need somebody down lower in the order to drive in some runs. And- yeah, that's the thing. You know, they've lost so many guys. You know, kind of run producers. I don't know if you want to put, you know, a guy that you know is going to drive in seventy to 80, 80, 85, 86 runs a year. You know, do you want to put him in the leadoff spot? And I don't know if he's going to go first to third too much. I know he right. he can run okay, but. You know, I know they like, you know, Francona likes those guys who can go first to third, second to home, um, you know, at the top of the lineup or the bottom of the lineup. Well, so you mentioned you talked to uh, Santana today. He sounds he sounds like he's happy to be back here. I know at Tribe Fest, man, he was out there on the stage thumping his chest, telling everybody, oh, I'm home. I'm uh, This is my home. This is where I'm, I'm, I am. And, you know, I – it sounded like it sounds like a great reunion story, but uh, what's what's Carlos's take on on being back in Goodyear? Yeah, I mean, I I didn't count how many times he said happy in the interview, <laughs> but it had to be over a hundred. And you know, Joe, he said something interesting. He said he he'd love to end his career in Cleveland. Wow, you know, he's thirty two, and uh, you know, he he still has his home in Cleveland. He said his wife is is really excited to be back with, and uh, even though. 
you know, he said, even though the team has changed a little bit, you know, he still, he still thinks, um, you know, he's, there's still Lindor, Ramirez, Kluber, Bauer, you know, he, he still, and he still, and he, you know, he said something to me that was interesting. He said, you know, he really feels like, uh, like he's matured as a player that he can help, you know, guys like Ramirez or Lindor or any young players now, you know, if, if they need that, if they need some help, you know, he can talk to them. Um, he, I think, you know, maybe he's going to, you know, they've lost so much leader, so many leaders, clubhouse leaders over this winter. Maybe he could kind of step into that role. And, you know, he's always been kind of a quiet guy when he first came here, he was standoffish and, um, uh, and I think kind of, you know, locked into himself, you know, like a lot of players are. But, I, you know, the guy that brought him out of his shell, I think, is Francona. And, mm-hmm. you know, he loves Tito. I mean, he was in his office. Uh, he stopped in Tito's office a couple of days ago and, and talked to him for about 30 minutes. So, um, you know, they have a good relationship. And I think, you know, Tito's really kind of, you know, kind of opened his eyes to what, you know, a big league player does, not just on the field, but off it. And and Francona spoke about having talked to uh, Santana about the possibility of of playing in the outfield and it that that whole mix with with Jake Bowers being a guy who the Indians are looking at as an above average uh, first baseman defensively, you know, uh, Santana his final season in Cleveland before leaving he was a, a finalist for the American League Gold Glove at first. He went over to to Philly. And and played a little bit at third base, but uh, but yeah. you're not gonna you're not gonna move Jose Ramirez off of third base. So, and it, I, I, Santana doesn't necessarily like playing uh, being in the DH role. Uh, he he prefers to have the glove on and be in the field as as much as possible. Is there a possibility you see Jake Bowers and Carlos Santana on the field defensively at the same time? Yeah, I think I think we could, Joe. I think you know in certain situations, certain matchup situations, they could put. You know, Carlos has played right and left field for for Francona, and uh, I think uh, you know <laughs> the trepidation of starting him in what what was it Game Three in in, in the World Series? Game Three of the World Series, yeah. 16. I think that's kind of passed. You know, yeah. he, I think Francona has a lot more confidence in him now. Uh, you know, I don't think you're going to see a steady diet of that. You know, right. I think maybe occasionally he'll start in in the outfield or Bowers too. Bowers is. You know, he has has more has experience in the outfield, so you could see those two moving around a little bit. I think, or you know, on the field and at the same time. Uh, so your thoughts now? You've seen some of these guys uh, as the pitchers and catchers have been in uh, the the multitude of uh, non roster invitees and and just bullpen arms trying to just throw spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. Uh, it. The 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 bullpen situation for what it is right now, you think it's uh, you know better or worse than what fans or or, or folks are are thinking it's it's going to turn out to be. You know, Joe, I think you know obviously if on the from the outside looking in, it doesn't look great to me. You know, I mean, you've got Brad Hand and uh, you know the bullpen. Brad Hand is a closer, and you can you know and definitely you know he's a proven guy. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of question marks after that, but, you know, I really like what they've done, uh, you know, adding, uh, you know, some, some experienced guys, you know, guys, experienced relievers like Nick Whitgren, you've got, uh, Justin Grimm, uh, you know, uh, you know, with, with Alex Smith, I mean, Alex Wilson, 
-hmm. you know, guys, uh, you know, guys who have been around a little bit, um, and, uh, you know, AJ Cole, AJ Cole was the other guy. Yeah. So so guy, you know, those, those guys are, uh, you know, Whitgren's on the 40 man, but you know, uh, um, Wilson and, and Cole are, are, you know, spring training invitees. You know, so I think, you know, if, if you have an you know, if you have maybe a spot or two spots that you're uncertain about, these guys have done it, you know, mm-hmm. especially Wilson, who's, I mean, uh, you, know, you know, who's pitched pretty well. He pitched pretty well the last four years for Detroit. So I think, uh, you know, that's a guy that, I, you know, might is, is in on a uh, in camp on a minor league deal, but it's kind of a, it might be a one of those wink, wink, nod, yeah, nod yeah. things that, you know, just just wait. You'll be on the you'll be on the twenty five man. Right, and it, you know, you wonder how much they have to talk up a guy uh, to to sign one of those deals and say, hey, look, there's a real good chance you're going to make it on the forty man here if you just come in and and produce the way you've produced in the past. Uh, another guy, uh, interesting guy, uh, Jeffrey Ramirez. Uh, you talked about, uh, you know, Tito talked about. Uh, this is a this Rodriguez, is a, Rodriguez, Rodriguez, right? Jeffrey Rodriguez. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, he's a big guy. He's just like a physical presence and he's got a big arm, you know, throws hard. Is that maybe a product of looking at what Tampa Bay did with when they came in here with their relievers, where it looked like they had a bullpen full of Jeffrey Ramirez, you know, six, two, six, three, and threw 120 miles an hour. Uh, is it maybe a, a, a look at what Tampa Bay did and said, Oh, maybe we need to get us some of those guys too. Yeah. You know, that's a good point. I, I didn't really think about that, but you know, like uh, Rodriguez is like six, six, he's about two forty. He throws hard and, you know, they really don't, you know, hand throws hard, but he's, you know, he's, I mean, his best pitch is a slider, right? You know, so they really don't, they don't really have a dominant, you know, they don't have, you know, like when Miller was here and he was healthy, he was throwing 97, but they don't have a guy like that. At least, you know, Otero and, 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 and the lefties, they've got Perez and, and Olsen and, and, uh, you know, let's see, uh, you know, those guys really don't throw that hard. I mean, Simber, you know, is from down under, uh, Oliver Perez relies on a lot of deception and stuff yeah. like that too. So, so you know, I mean, and Neil Ramirez, Neil Ramirez, you know, throws hard. He's he's got a good arm, but you know, sometimes the ball leaves the park too. <laughs> oh, but, uh, Ramirez is is uh, you know high fastball, high fastball, curveball. So that, yeah. that's his approach. So uh, I mean, he I mean, but they could use someone like that. You're right. I mean, I don't know if they have them stacked up like uh, Tampa Bay does. You know, those guys just kind of roll those guys out. It, of it just seemed like they brought like one after another, and they were all six foot four and two hundred and forty <laughs> pounds and threw one hundred twenty miles an hour. That's right, and came out the bullpen door like three at a time. Yeah. So, so I mean, that's you know, that's you know, I know you know a lot of they got crit- the Indians got criticized for uh, the Gomes deal and and you know, and, and rightfully so in some respects. But the, one of the ideas was to. Uh, you know, to get a little younger and, uh, you know, Rodriguez and, and, uh, the, the outfielder, Daniel Johnson and the infielder they got, um, you know, they're, they're younger guys and they put some youth in and, and, and if, you know, if a guy like Rodriguez has the arm, he does, and it can, if he can control the strike zone, which he had a hard time doing with the nationals mm-hmm. last year, I think, you know, he's, he's got a shot, but he's a, he's a three pitch reliever, right? I mean, he's got the, 
Yeah, he's, he's three he's pitches. Got, he's got three pitches. And how many years of control does he have on the? I, I yeah, I think he's got at least five years because he was he was last year was his major league uh, debut. Yeah, so he's at least got you know at least two more options too as well. So so they can they can bring him in. Um, you mentioned Nick Wickren. Uh, have you seen him? What's what's he look like? Uh, this was a guy they just traded for from Tampa Bay. Yeah, I've not seen him. I saw him throw his bullpen a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Francona said he's got some deception about him. Uh, you know, that uh, another guy that, that's been around, that, that's, you know, pitched well, kind of, you know, they were surprised that uh, he was available, that he got uh, taken mm-hmm. off the roster when, uh, you know, I think uh, I can't, uh, they, the Marlins signed a second baseman, a free agent second baseman, Neil Walker, Neil Walker. and he, they DFA'd uh, Whitgren. And, uh, you know, he was available and they made a deal for him. So I think he'll, you know, he's another guy that could help them. Yeah, it was, looked like it was, they, they might've been trying to sneak him through and maybe sign him to a, a minor league deal or something like that. And the Indians called and asked about him. Uh, so, all right, we've, we've talked bullpen, we've talked outfield, talked injuries. Uh, what's, uh, you know, Francona's big talk is coming up on Monday. He's going to lay out what their what the expectations are and sort of the Indians' way of doing business, and then and then they go right into workouts and games by the end of next week. Yeah, I mean it's it's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, for, uh, this is such. I mean, I mean, more than half of these guys are in camp for the first time with the Indians. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been such a big turnover. Uh, that it, it's going to be inter- uh, I mean, it's going to be. Uh, I, we'll have to ask Teal what approach he's going to take if if that changes. You know, I mean, and he's. You know, I know. Uh, you know, this is not the team that that uh, <laughs> that that won ninety one games last year and and has won three straight uh, AL Central titles. But uh, you know, he seems fired up about it. You know, new faces regenerate the excitement. You know, uh, if if there was complacency setting in, it's certainly going to be a more you know a more competitive uh, spring training than it, than you know when the last couple of years, last two or three years, when almost all the spots were you know were spoken for. Mm-hmm. If there's 65 guys in the room, at least you know 40 of them haven't heard the message before. So you know, it, it's it's almost like a new audience for for Tito to to be standing up there and and, and delivering it. Yeah, every manager I've covered has, you know, put a lot of stock into this, uh, into this, uh, you know, this presentation, uh, you know, and uh, it's important. I think it sets the tone. Francona isn't a big, uh, uh, big um, meeting guy. He's not a big meeting manager. So, you know, I think he wants to make an emphasis that, that this stays with these guys and it carries into the regular season. Uh, chances that he pulls a, uh, a Sean Payton and comes comes rolling into the uh, the meeting with a commissioner's trophy and two hundred fifty thousand dollars in cash with uh, two armed guards, just like uh, Sean Payton did with the Lombardi Trophy. Chances, I didn't know that. Zero, I didn't but, but that. that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, you, you know to... the one thing that that, that you that reminds me of uh, a couple years ago, Bauer. Trevor Bauer gave up uh, three huge home runs to the Cubs back to back to back, and the next day. Uh, they had they had a little team meeting and he brought uh, he brought some uh, Arizona State troopers in and they had three they were carrying three baseballs and and they wanted to find out the guy who gave up the home runs because they get damaged cars the cars on the, the freeway. <laughs> oh, that's great, that's great. And I'm sure and I'm Bio sure Trevor, laughing too. I'm sure Trevor took that 
As not, that wasn't character assassination in any way, was it? <laughs> Holy Toledo, we didn't even get into the. Uh, he liked the, that. He liked that. that. But uh, well, that's great. Well, uh, Paul, uh, a couple more days there in Arizona. I hope the sun breaks through for you at some point. Well, I'm sure it's it's a lot. It's yeah. I shouldn't be I shouldn't be complaining to anybody back in Cleveland. Uh, Wednesday morning, I think the sun is due to arrive in Arizona, right? Uh, oh, yeah, probably. Uh, well, great. We'll uh, we'll hear from you uh, again next week when you return to us. And uh, until then, uh, we'll talk to you again on the uh, Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Thanks, Joe.